0: is monster manual mash this is the podcast where we go entry by entry monster by monster through the dungeons and dragons fifth edition monster manual we are looking at every word written there we're trying to parse what the meaning of these monsters are what are they about what are they trying to make you think about what are they trying to set up as a mood or vibe for your players what is the idea behind it What's the hook? What's the pitch? Give me the good stuff. We look at history and mythology and we try to look up previous iterations of the idea and then we just talk a bunch of bullshit and all to try to make a more creative and engaging game for you and your friends so that you have memories forever that you'll cherish and you won't ever feel lonely again. That's, that's, that's the Monster Manual MASH guarantee. Today... It is October 1st as of this recording. I usually don't care about, uh, I don't mention the date, but I do it because it is October, finally. It's Halloween season, and we're doing ghosts. This is right and correct, and nature has has done the right thing. I don't know what nature's doing. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just excited about ghosts. Yeah. I know you probably are, too. I love ghosts. I'm Chris. And I'm Wes. And, And... Together, we're going to dig in here. So let's just get into it. Ghost. A ghost is a soul of a once-living creature bound to haunt a specific location, creature, or object that held significance to it in life. I think that is a great opening sentence, and I think it is really important in d and to have very specific definitions for your undead creatures because there are a million of them, yeah. and they're all variations on the same kind of thing this is good and i think it sets up like the whole thrust of the monster going forward yeah, once yeah. living creature it has unfinished business this is a huge thing and i remember it most clearly from the movie casper did you ever see that movie? yeah oh yeah yeah i watched the movie like a hundred times i don't know why it's like uh I, I think unfinished business that phrase like must be from that movie because i have such a clear memory of that like that line yeah do you yeah you yeah yeah me too and
1: there's a there's a for for that movie it there's like I don't know there's a scene where I guess Casper realizes he's dead he realizes he's a ghost and he flies up in the air like screaming no, <laughs> yeah. and like that I'm 33 like I don't know how old I was when I saw that movie but it was pretty much when it came out whenever that was that really stuck with me I feel like that was a real like uh like oh yeah mortality yeah, yeah I get it I get it that was a there was whatever they did. I was probably their target audience at the time.
0: They they achieved what they were trying to communicate, I think. For sure. And in such a way, like, it's a pretty, you know, macabre, maybe disturbing subject matter death and unfinished business and yeah. all that. But it was such a, like a not, there was nothing uh, Tim Burton-y about it. It was just very plain, I think. It definitely had like cartoonish effects and stuff, but it was very much like, Casper is dead. <laughs> he has to yeah. deal with that which i found <laughs> it's like plot hook a kid dies <laughs> yeah <laughs> then what you know yeah um i'll mention more about casper because i have something a funny piece of trivia about like original casper later when we get into the media digging but i'm very glad you've seen that film too we can uh, we can go forward confident that we have the same cornerstone of knowledge yeah. here yeah so uh to fill that out unfinished business They yearn to complete some unfinished task. Maybe uh, avenging its own death is a common task. Or something like relaying a message or upholding an oath. Those are all great examples. Some ghosts don't realize they're dead and continue their everyday living routine. So now we have two variations on ghosts. This is something I love about ghosts is that there's a million permutations that are all kind of... You still get that it's a ghost and it still kind of serves the same function. So a ghost who doesn't realize they're dead, kind of like you just mentioned with Casper, it's like a big deal. It's a totally different thing, different ballpark. Most ghosts, I don't think, go through that process of like learning that they're dead. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another one. Oh, yeah. from The yeah. Sixth Sense, it's all about Bruce Willis discovering he's dead. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The parents. Yeah. No, the parents they're, know they're, they're already. They're a couple buddy. of ghosts. Yeah. yeah. But there is like a thing at the beginning. It takes them like 15 minutes to realize that they're dead, I think. Yeah. So that could be its own adventure as well, like convincing a ghost that they're dead. Although the common okay. one is definitely solving this mystery or, or uh, doing the quest that puts the ghost to rest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which often, like in a lot of horror films, which we'll get into, is like, uh, really it's just like solving the murder Oftentimes, that's what happens, and it's not even like it's the ghost just needs somebody. Whoever the protagonist is, like somebody has
0: to figure out that this happened. Yeah, right. Like that seems to be the common theme a lot of the yeah, time. Someone else has to do it. They can't do it themselves. Is the, yeah. is the thing. Otherwise, it would be a very different movie. I think I even wrote wrote down somewhere that it's like there is a genre of ghost story where the protagonist is the ghost, and they have to solve their own yeah. murder or something like that, or like they have to resolve their own unfinished business. But that's usually a more family-friendly, cartoonish, rated G or PG. Maybe there's an F-bomb, so it's PG-13. Yeah, But most of the time, in like a more horrific story, ghosts aren't solving their own thing. They are inflicting themselves on others. Yeah. And uh, that's even uh, mentioned here, still under unfinished business. Other ghosts are driven by wickedness or spite, as with, for example, a ghost who won't rest until all members of a certain family or particular organization are dead. So there's another permutation of a ghost, someone who is driven by wickedness or spite, or wants to have their unfinished business solved by uh, as much murder as possible. The surest way to get rid of something, sorry, the surest way to rid something of its ghost, so like an object or location, is to resolve the unfinished business. A ghost can also be destroyed more easily by invoking a weakness tied to its former life, like attacking it with the implement of its murder or subjecting, for example, a former gardener to a strong floral scent. Which I don't really understand. Maybe just something that like incites its passions.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or like,
0: like if you killed, if you if you attacked a ghost with like a bouquet of flowers, it's probably something that like a gardener would probably love. If, like, does that make sense that it would hurt it more?
1: I don't know. Like, I could, I could,
0: I'm, I,
1: I, I could come up with a justification for that, but I'm not sure. Like, what is the what is like the obvious answer that we're supposed to get there? Because it's it's like okay, well, is that A gardener like with that sort of like remind them of some key memory from their life is like, oh, oh, I'm a ghost. I have to let go of things and and, and flowers bloom and then they 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 wither and and I'm just like the flowers. (laughs) Thank you.
0: See ya. You know, I mean, you know, that that sounds like a dungeon master doing mental backflips to uh, justify <laughs> yeah. a player's decision to attack with a bouquet of flowers would do anything. So you're you're a very Look, generous as a, as,
1: a, as a dungeon master with a philosophy degree. I can rationalize anything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, and also I, there's there's no reason to believe that that's what uh, the writers
0: of the dungeon, uh, the the monster manual, were were implying. Maybe not, but uh, maybe I think there's enough uh, ambiguity. You could swing that one. Well, right
1: they're there. just more vulnerable. They're more vulnerable with the floral fragrance. Sure. Fragments, so. Yeah. Okay. That's what it says.
0: Yeah, like but, it it messes with their ghost game. They can't dribble the ball anymore yeah. because they're thinking about <laughs> flowers. <laughs> Like attacking with the implement of its original murder, I understand. And um, it's kind of funny. So it says the surest way to get rid of something is to resolve the unfinished business. But you can also be destroyed more easily by invoking a weakness tied to its former life. But what what that means by the more easily. Yeah,
1: go ahead. And then it straight up says the ghost of a person tortured to death might be killed again by the implements of the torture. So it also you can just kill them again.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of what it's I was like, like, That's what I was about to say. Kill you know? them
1: again, but also weaken the gardener with 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 some flowers. Like it's I don't know. That's
0: <laughs> you kill them again, and it stays dead. So like in within the rules, the the actual stat block, like you don't have to solve its unfinished business. You can just hit it with a fire poker or whatever. You can just like slash it with your sword, and it's got resistance, and it'll be like kind of a slog, but you can do it. Yeah, yeah. The next piece of information we get about them is that they are. Or have a ghostly manifestation. Places of ghostly haunting emulate feelings of loneliness, sadness, and yearning, etc. Strange sound, unnatural silences, cold spots in rooms with roaring fires. That's a, a really good one. Choking stenches without apparent source. Another classic. Even sometimes raising the dead, which is an interesting one that I've never really heard of. Like the a, a presence of a ghost raising the dead, which are presumably like lesser undead. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. just like mindless corpses who walk around and like aren't. Like how dangerous is this? This kind of like, uh, I think the, the ghost is only challenge rating four, which is not that crazy. But if it's raising the dead, this is all the, the description. So this is, isn't in the stat block, which means it's not. Yeah. It seems to like and the weakness thing too is not in the stat block, which is an interesting yeah, design yeah. choice that doesn't you don't see too often in the rest of the book. I don't think. Yeah, it's true. Which
1: really pushes the ghost as a as a monster more towards like a narrative um, figure and antagonist or whatever than than like just like a like a like a combat opponent necessarily because there's all the other stuff that you gotta that goes with them.
0: Yeah, you're kind of wasting a ghost if you don't have like a mystery which involves set information that people can discover and be satisfied with implementing yeah knowledge uh, yeah you know. i was just thinking about the um the the the
1: sort of like environmental effects of a ghost one of them being raising the dead i don't like we you don't necessarily have to take that as far as like full-on other undead things like oh there's zombies and the skeletons there must be a ghost near here like you just have like uh the flies that are dead in a windowsill just start like coming back to life a little bit uh, so what's going like, what yeah. on here or like little things going on like a um you know i'm, I'm just managing like smaller creatures maybe it's like oh there's like some necromantic magic going on here but it's not focused it's diffused
0: you know yeah that's great yeah it doesn't mean you have to start like hitting more things with your sword it just means that a mood is set yeah because really like i mean there's a lot
1: of ways to have a ghost in a in a in a, in a game or a narrative but like you have so many, like, really, like, strongly built-in opportunities just, like, have it be really spooky and gothic and dark, and, you know, like, that's, that's the whole vibe, so.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, they have an undead... And the final thing here is undead nature. They don't need food or drink or sleep. Um, another weird thing, another design choice is, like, all undead creatures have undead nature and don't need food or drink or sleep. And it's, like, something I would imagine you'd put in the... It, why not put this in the stat block? Yeah. I don't know. Minor thing. I didn't. Cool. Um, like, do they all have that? Does that mean, uh, like, ghouls have to eat and drink and sleep? Because they don't have it right Let's there? Because so it was looking like look right here. Well, ghouls, as far as I recall, they do eat. They, they, well, they, they, they right. They eat definitely eat. That's right. uh, my bad. <laughs> that is actually one of their defining characteristics. But we'll get to that next <laughs> time. Um, Okay. Forget I said anything. They know better than me. Uh, Undead nature. Okay. So that's the description. Pretty short, but lots, lots of um, implications in there, but not a lot of, not a lot of help to make you make a good ghost. Very broad. There was a um, friend of the show, Jeff Lasala, put me onto a book from i have it later in my notes i think it's second edition it is van richten's guide to ghosts which is a ravenloft supplement and it has like tons of tools for dms to make up their own satisfying uh like ghost adventure and um i've seen a couple pages of it and it looks pretty cool but i don't have my hands on it or uh even a digital file or anything but it looks pretty cool and i'm sure if the listener will join the Monster Manual MASH Facebook group. When I post this, I'm sure Jeff will be up on there posting pages from it or something. No pressure if you don't. Uh, <laughs> but but um, something like that. A great That is a great supplement for something like this. If you are interested in making a good ghost, you probably need to think about it a bit more. And that's yeah. a good way to do it. Uh, stat block. Kind of an interesting stat block for what is presented in the narrative in the uh in the description lots of resistances and immunities which you'd expect and it can move into the border ethereal as an action when in the ethereal plane creatures on the material plane can see it but neither side can affect the other um you kind of got to know where the border ethereal is to understand this rule I think you yeah. can kind of figure it out um, without, but it kind of it will it does help. Do you know anything about this? I think so.
1: I I um like because you have the ethereal plane, which is like another plane of existence in the in the in the in the, in the cosmos. But it um the ethereal plane is kind of overlaid on the material plane, and the border ethereal is like the extra dimensional space between those two places
0: yes that, that um, feels and rings yes. true to me i think
1: yeah it's sort of like you know you got your regular dimensions you got like up down mm-hmm. left and right in time and then you also have like basically turning the page <laughs> but not changing the other stuff and then what's what's halfway the turn page and that's that's the the ghost being in the border that's my that's my take it's on okay. it okay um I don't know if that's the canon
0: explanation. That sounds it sounds pretty That cool. might just be like, ah, yeah, yeah, okay. I like that. <laughs> um, the canon is, there is the deep ethereal and the border ethereal. The ethereal plane, which encompasses both, is a misty, fog-bound dimension. Its shores, called the border ethereal, overlap the material plane and the inner planes so that every location on those planes has a corresponding location in the ethereal plane. The deep ethereal mm. requires plane shift or some other spell to travel to, and contains curtains behind which you can access the border ethereal in different planes. You can see out and move around in any three-dimensional space, or uh, sorry, any three-dimensional direction, but can't affect anything while no one can see you. Ghosts, I guess, are the only exception, as they are visible, even when they can't affect the other side. So they... Right. Um, so that's kind of neat. There's a, a deep, misty area with tons of curtains where you can access. And then it mentions that, uh, like, in high level games, um, this is a common method of spying, but it's a little risky because there's tons of ghosts there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because that's what the spell astral projection lets you do, right? As you travel around the ethereal plane. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. And I think that's a, that's a high level monk ability, like high enough level monk. You can just, can do, just do it. Meditate. Yeah. And, and do that. Yeah.
0: Those guys are cool. Uh, what else do they have horrifying visage visage it's a wisdom save or become frightened which means you can't move closer to it and you have disadvantage but here's the thing if you fail it by more than five or five or more you age d4 times 10 years oh that's good i forgot that they could do that this is one of the um the rare they're in there but they're rare uh, like, hardcore attacks, abilities of a monster. Yeah. This effect can be reversed only by a greater restoration spell cast on the afflicted target within one hour. Yeah. Which is... That that rules.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that, too, because it's really... It's got... The consequences are very different depending on who that happens mm-hmm. to, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're playing, you know, a 700-year-old elven wizard, that's that's nothing. That's nothing. But if you're playing, like... uh, like a human boy wizard if you do you know if you if if you're playing like a like a 17 year old like fighters like i'm gonna go out and make it and then all of a sudden you're you're like a middle-aged
0: man yeah right like that's that's hardcore it is hardcore most people for some reason uh maybe it's just because i play with people who are like 30 or and over mostly they always pick like really young teenagers (laughs) <laughs> there's just like and i've done that too i played like a 12 year old feral child or whatever like there's just something yeah yeah the older yeah, you get yeah. the more you want to go back i guess
1: yeah no <laughs> i definitely
0: paid a barbarian who is a who's a 17 year old runaway yeah. things you do i made um one time in a game i made someone d age that was pretty fun and they had to oh, go yeah. through a whole thing to uh <laughs> to get that fixed but that was fun for a little while aging yeah aging character that's a great trick um But it's pretty hardcore. I think you need to leave, especially with like the only way to fix it is to cast a spell within an hour. You need to like, and like, because it's a fourth uh, challenge rating four, it's kind of like, you're not going to be high level necessarily when you come across this thing. It's This is going to be like level four or five. If you're uh, paying attention to the um, challenge rating rules, which you don't have to. And the fifth edition, there's some leeway. Uh yeah. So you could still throw a ghost at a higher level party, and they might it might trouble them a little bit. But that um, only so much. But the idea here, like you need to maybe leave a hint about that this is an ability of the ghost, and or yeah. find hints of like where they can get a greater restoration spell at great cost or great effort, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I think, th- yeah, th- this this needs some foreshadowing, unless. The tone of the game is already like, no no, we're we're this is <laughs> we're we're playing right. Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. Like this is yeah, this is like you plan three or four characters ahead of
0: time, you <laughs> yeah. know. Uh yeah, unless that's that's the vibe. Um, most but... D D games aren't, but that is still that is a way to play. That can be yeah. fun. Like 'cause the imagine like the, I can just imagine my my uh my jittery, slobbering laughter when I get to roll. 4d10 to make them age that many years, and just the—I can just <laughs> hear the cry of of surprise and and fear and shock of everyone at the table. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, good. I I love a good like roll.
1: Like this isn't even rolling on a table; you're just aging years. But I love a good roll on a table with serious consequences. You know, your yeah. your wild magic surges, your decks of many things. Yeah, where everyone's looking
0: at it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Yeah, Um, that's a roll in front of the screen moment. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, rolling in the open for that reason. Um, And then one more, another good one, Possession. Just a classic move. There are some interesting rules going on here. The possessed character can't be targeted by attacks or spells or other effects, except spells that turn undead. Uh, They retain mental statistics and alignment. They have immunity to charm and fear, and they use the character stats, but they have no access to the knowledge, class features, or proficiencies. And it's only ended if the body drops to zero HP, or the ghost chooses to end it, or it's turned. A target yeah. cannot be possessed again for 24 hours after this, or by making the initial save successfully. There's a lot going on there, so it's, it, it answers a lot of questions that turn up whenever, in a more looser game, you want to have like a character possessed by yeah. something. So it can't be targeted by attacks, which is, like, I don't know how you explain that in the fiction, but that is, like, pretty smart because otherwise... Well, it's the
1: ghost possessing the person can't be targeted,
0: right? No, a possessed character can't be targeted. Oh. Which means you if your friend gets possessed, you can't just, like, beat the shit out of them until they die or pass out or whatever. Yeah. And then solve that problem. It can't be attacked. So they... But it means... but they. But they're also not as, like, they're not as dangerous because they can't use the characters' yeah. things, it, but they can, like, try to make them, like, walk off a cliff or, like, yeah, do scary, depending on how, like, mental you want your game to be. Like, I just watched, uh, not just watched, but, like, I think last month, I watched that uh, Talk To Me film. Did you see that? No, I haven't. You know what I'm talking about? It was in theaters for a little bit, Australian movie, um about this like porcelain hand that teenagers bring to parties and when you hold it and you say a certain thing you get possessed for a little bit oh. and then you take the hand away then you're you're done and pe- and kids are doing this as like recreationally and like right. daring each other to get right. possessed for a little while and uh yeah big surprise it goes wrong but um uh i can't remember why i started talking about that <laughs>
1: Yeah. It does make me think, though, like if they were if they, if cursed objects in real life were commonplace, they would immediately become TikTok challenges. Yeah. like Right away. Yeah. Right away. Because teenagers are going to take risks. And like if you're like, hey, there's real supernatural stuff happening. Teenagers are going to be all over that
0: right away. Oh, yeah. Everyone is. It's like, yeah, we, we have like a few basic moves as people. It's like, can we eat this? can I involve this in my sexuality? Uh, Can I get high off this? Does it make me feel comfortable or warm or like, (laughs) we only have some limited moves. Yeah. yeah. uh, Using it for entertainment is definitely one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. So I was talking about how a a possessed character can't do like, can't make um, class features work. You can not make them like walk off cliffs or try to like, so in that film, um, when it starts going wrong, one of the possessed people just like, starts bashing their own head on something, and it's like really horrific and if you really want it to be like take this monster in that direction, that's like something you can do with the characters like yeah, um yeah. stabbing themselves with a with their own sword or whatever, and uh or you can just make them walk around. I don't know. there's all kinds of like being possessed is one of the worst uh things that can happen to your character, really, oh, yeah, yeah. And then it's hard to deal with if you can't target them, is the thing. So you have to have, uh, the ghost has to choose to end it. The body drops to zero HP, so you can, you can let the ghost, like, wreck itself. Or you can turn it, which means you need a cleric, or you need someone that has a spell that, that can do that. Usually a cleric. Yeah, yeah, certain paladins, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do love, that is very fitting, that, like, if you don't have like a holy person of some de- some 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 description, like in your adventuring party. Something like a ghost is a real problem, you know? Like if you like if, if you didn't take a priest with you, that is that is a that is a big problem. It's your
0: mistake up front. Yeah. Like you and this is like I'm I'm a big fan of like knowing things about what you're up against beforehand. So if you don't have like a cleric, maybe you hire like a local priest or whatever to come with you. So that <laughs> <a> kidnap one. <laughs> or kidnap one even better a <laughs> cassie see the great one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bring one over in a sack it was like yeah. look, look. <laughs> that's great because if you have got that, possessed yeah yeah because you get a problem where like especially if the ghost isn't interested in hurting the the character's possessed you need yeah. to figure out a way to like drop that character to zero hit points just so you can get the ghost out of them without targeting yeah. with attacks and stuff you have to like set up like like <laughs> banana peels <laughs> and stuff you know like <laughs> Figure out how to do it indirectly, yeah, this makes me i I, I love the idea
1: now of just like a like a, a wildly unscrupulous but very pragmatic
0: ghost hunter yeah <laughs> a subtle ghost interferer yeah It. That's the uh that's the thing you get for ghost. One page. Um
1: oh, and that makes sense. They're like I was just looking at their 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 regular
0: attack. That's uh that's nothing to scoff at. Forty six necrotic? Oh yeah, what's that? Their withering touch, yeah. They can just yeah melt you. And that's two hit, that's not uh, yeah. a save or anything. Yeah. Um they've changed a lot from addition to edition. It's kind of interesting yeah. to uh to see in fourth edition they had the uh the standard like there was like 10 kinds of ghosts there was like withering ghost and scary ghosts and mega scary ghost and horrific ghosts mm-hmm. and like they all do different things and they're all like they're basically like elite teams of variety of of attacking methods you know um yeah and they didn't have as much lore. like there's just basically like a couple lines about what a ghost was but they did have, and this is something 4th edition did, which I always appreciated, and I think they should replicate. They explicitly made certain things about them knowable with a particular check. So it tells you right in the stats that with a successful religion check um, beating a 15, you can learn that when persons dear to a dead person still live nearby its soul, it is often inclined to stay near the grave. When the graveyard oh. is disturbed, this soul can take a haunting form and try to contact near-living relatives. It cannot move more than a mile from its grave during a night. And normally returns there before daytime. It doesn't want to show itself to strangers, so it can hide itself in a dark place during the day. Like, that's cool. That's like a that piece of cool. the puzzle you figure out just by, like, knowing what a ghost is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That does... Um... Um, that does remind me of, a a friend of mine and we used to watch horror movies, but she's, she's, she's a very, you know, like a very, very spiritual person. Like, uh, you know, definitely has that, uh, as a part of her worldview. And the way I would like describe watching a horror movie with her is it's like the equivalent of watching like a, like a, like a world or two movie with like a history channel dad. Like she was a history <laughs> channel dad, but with like, with the horror movies and so like, no, a ghost wouldn't do that. A ghost wouldn't, you know, she was always like correcting. What? what the ghosts were doing in fiction. what was, what was her, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Oh, just like um, uh, like you know, like for her, like ghosts were really out there doing things, and 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 there was like uh, you know, specific ways that they were really. Yeah, like, I was going to ask them, what what were her
0: credentials?
1: Um, she'd read about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't want to be too dismissive of it because it was like, no, this is this is cool. I like having this in my. Yeah, head. yeah. You don't want to like ask too many questions. At times, but yeah, you'd break. Yeah, the yeah, totally. Experience. Um, kind of early on, I think I came across as a little like, oh, real ghosts, huh? Yes. But um, I, I, <laughs> I moved on from that. Yeah. Um, but it was it was really fun. Uh, always hearing how uh um unrealistic the ghosts were. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, that's all. It just—it's just, no. That's great. just made me think
0: of that. We should have yeah. interviewed her for this.
1: Oh yeah. Hmm. I wonder what kind of stat block she would have built.
0: Yeah, I ask. love a professional's opinion on like a D and D version. Yeah. Uh, we get the 3.5 version next, yeah. and holy crap, this was like a very different beast. So Ghost was a template that you applied. That was something cool. The 3.5 had was like rather than a whole new creature stat block you had templates that you could right. apply to like other creatures and it altered their stats in certain ways right so you could make like a zombie version of this or a ghost version of that or uh,
1: yeah or what iconic
0: this was like what it look like this and the ghost was a a template and it gave you like they get a, a boatload of abilities and attacks that made them really hard to deal with and it makes their yeah. uh, their challenge rating or whatever it was called three point five um, go up f- uh, by five, which was I think pretty huge for that game. Um, basically, I think it like kind of basically yeah. the same sort of scale as fifth edition. It makes it into if you break it, the game recommends you break the game sort of into four parts, where it's like levels one through five. Your to starting out and then you get more renowned and regionally um famous and whatever so f- going up by five kind of puts it into a whole new tier of challenge and yeah. uh they get like it's all kinds of stuff basically variations on like withering visage and uh their necrotic touch and the possession and all that but there was like really involved and very difficult and they had like five kinds of ways they could kill you um but they could be any alignment, which is interesting,
1: because oh, most your yeah.
0: abilities had to do with like killing people. But if you're not evil, you're probably not going to do that. Yeah.
1: Well, there in, in some settings, there's lots of uh not evil ghosts, like in Eberron, the um the elves in Eberron, uh because 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 elves are like nearly immortal. They're so long lived. They don't like letting go of things, and so when uh-huh. they have ancestor worship. But what they've done is they have uh, through like thousands of years of practice, um, come up with a way to create undead but not using negative energy using positive energy and so like you'll have the ghosts of your ancestors living on or maybe even skeletons even like uh lich equivalents but it's not um unfinished business and like malice and like negative energy like like metaphysical negative energy it's positive energy it's like love energy it's like because we want them around they're still here and so there's entire like uh you know, people have conversations with our like great 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 grandparents and like they use love energy to to, to keep keep everybody around. And so in Aberon on like some island there's always a Yeah, yeah. In, um because there's always in every fantasy setting there's always an island, a far-off island where the high elves right the real elf society is mm-hmm. and in this one it's um it's full of ghosts and skeletons because all of the elves that have ever lived, as long as they've been able to like have their souls you know put away in this thing or or like revive in the way they' they're, they're they're all still there. but the cool thing is, they're all they to us they would like look super goth they've got skulls and stuff all over them and they're yeah. all wearing like black and skulls but they're like that to them that's like a celebration but it's real chill of, like, of life <laughs> yeah yeah totally um i i i, I don't know i was like that that take is very cool on elves yeah and on death yeah it's not morbid it's like they're at one with the cycle and it's cool because it, like, um it gives you an opportunity to do, like, a like a culture shock thing. Like, you have a human from the mainland or whatever go over there and like, what the fuck is going on here? It's like, oh, oh, especially because in Eberron, there's Corvir, which is, like, yes. the atheist country where they're like, oh, we don't, we can't, this is big civil war. We, we don't have the farmland to feed ourselves. And uh, we were always the soldier people, but now we're in this war of succession. So, like let's have everybody you become a citizen by drafting your dead body and they got war necromancers and they raised whole skeleton armies and they don't believe in an afterlife they're like no no your body is material and we just we just need to fight this war and like so that's like very like world war one drab sort of like i don't know very like bleak sort of death situation yeah very dark compared against the elf situation and that's the same setting you know
0: yeah love that contrast that is cool jeff will be happy about this but uh yes. that is We're getting uh, far away from ghosts though that's a no not really i mean that's the it's interesting that ghosts can be positive like they're the of, of all the uh undead like it's very yeah. easy for them to be because oftentimes in myth and even in modern day media like ghosts can be very positive they're a because they are people they used to be people living people, they might be someone, yeah. you know, and it might be a helpful spiritual uh, encounter or like related to the like guardian angel idea or like thinking that, you know, yeah. your, uh, your deceased loved ones are looking out for you or like, you, you know, something that something that you get lucky on, it goes your way or like you, you know, narrowly avoid getting hit by a car or something. It's like, yeah. And if I hadn't just like felt that breeze suddenly, maybe I would have been hit. But like something happened. Maybe it was a ghost. It was the ghost of someone yeah. who loved I you. I saw those mm-hmm. flies come yeah. back to life and then I didn't get hit by that truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's kind of interesting. Like that's that's the the origins of ghosts. I mean, um uh we'll get into maybe we'll get into this in, in a minute, but uh because I still want to talk about the second edition ghost very quickly. But ghosts in the world, like the the origins of ghosts, like there's no Particular thing to point to, no particular myth or legend. It's just like ghost has been around as long as we have. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: Um, so I want, I want to talk I, about. I that. I wouldn't be surprised to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, let's get the second edition
1: and then we'll we'll get into that.
0: Well, what? Well, I want if you to finish your thought. Were you gonna? Oh you sure, know, yeah. What?
1: Well, I was just thinking. I wouldn't be surprised if like the concept, like just the bare bones concept of a ghost, is older than things like, um. Uh, visual arts older than things like, um oh, yeah. uh, like, like 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 I feel like it's 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 like pre something like that pre- to me. Yeah, something like that to me must talk that that feels times. like it's as old as as yeah. It's, it's that's got to be as old as language, as old as communication. You know because. Yeah we evolved language and communication like that to tell stories and so much of our stories are 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 about especially looking back in like human history and prehistory it's like um is 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 about like the sort of continuum of time and the cycles and like the the relationship of like the ancestors with the future and like there's a very like animistic view of things like there's a spirit that imbued things of course there'd be a spirit that imbued us and so You know, I I just feel like the idea of there being an ethereal thing that was a person or was a part of a person, but it's like left behind and occupying a space. That's got to be as old as, like I said, like as old as communication, right?
0: Yeah, I would say it's as old as as feelings. Yeah. You know, like it's you. I think think elephants visit their graves, you know. What did you say, Sorry.
1: Well, because elephants go visit graves, they have feelings. Oh, yeah. so they don't necessarily yeah, yeah. have the same kind of language that we have, so it's not even necessarily a human thing, right? Yeah, animals mourn.
0: Like it's a uh, yeah. And who knows what else they feel about about loss? Like it's just like as long as yeah. there's been loss, there's been there have been ghosts. Because I think Look, as even long like- as
1: cells could divide, there've been
0: ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, Haunting, like the the idea yeah. of haunting or feeling haunted. It's like a separate, it's a whole emotion that it just exists yeah. without the idea what you, I don't think you need to be told about ghosts to like, to feel a ghost. Like, mm-hmm. cause a, cause a ghost is, is really the unfinished business. I think is like that feeling comes from the people left behind, like the, maybe, maybe there's guilt or sadness. And yeah. the feeling that like wh- whatever has been lost or whoever has been lost had unfinished business, and that feeling comes from other people still alive. and I think yeah. that that yeah, that feeling is what informs like the idea of ghosts and all of the uh the greater ghost cinematic universe of like of whatever other spirits um you know, the subdivisions of particular regional fairies and kobolds and all these things you're just like they're just like negative space feelings of negative space yeah
1: yeah like a, like an awareness that you can imagine something that could have been but isn't or could never have been but you could imagine what it would be like if it was like that's the core of it you know mm-hmm. do you have a? Uh... Do you have any ghost stories? Do I have any ghost stories? Yeah. Have you ever uh, oh. been ghosted? I mean, it's tricky for me because I have always, even when I was a kid, I had this, like, impulse to, um, you know, find a quote-unquote, like, rational explanation for something. But, um, you know, like, there's there's definitely moments. There's moments where I'm like, um, they're just, okay, all right, all right, all right. So you know how... You can imagine certain times in your life in certain places and things like that and there's a background vibe to that whole feeling right and um you can sort of imagine the timeline of your life and there's like these sort of like this shifting sort of like hue of background vibes to the whole thing and sometimes um i'll be in a circumstance and it's similar to like deja vu or something but like something will happen and i don't know what it was like whatever i've perceived is happening on a subconscious level that my conscious mind isn't aware of. And like immediately there's like the background vibe of like some other place, some other time that I was, or like something that like this isn't, it almost feels like this wasn't my feeling to have. And I don't know. Yeah. You know, obviously like I'm thinking in my head, like, well, there's some kind of brain chemistry that's happening. But like also, I think so much of communication, so much of our experience of the world is happening on a subconscious level. We don't quite understand it. So like, yeah, I mean, there's been times when, um, I've been somewhere and suddenly I, I felt like, oh, something happened here. I don't know how I know that. There must be something that told my brain that, but like, I don't know. Something happened here or something, um, uh, you know, will come up that sort of reminds me like of another time. And I end up just kind of carrying that with me for a while. And it's almost like, yeah, I don't know, like, I, I wouldn't call it a haunting, but there's like a background emotional tapestry to life that kind of weaves in and out in strange ways. And I think that's, those are the experiences I would, like, uh, you know, associate closest with, like, 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 ghost stuff. And oftentimes it's about, like, something reminds me of somebody I know who have passed away, and there'll be some weird combination of serendipitous coincidences. With like, well, how did I, how did I, like, what reminded me of them before this thing came out, you know? And so my thinking is always there's more going on in our heads than we're consciously aware of but like that's 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 my answer to that. It's like this you just get weird feelings sometimes about things and it's not clear where they come from.
0: Yeah, and sometimes especially if you're not consciously aware of it it feels like the feeling is coming from something external to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. What about you, Chris? Answer. Um I've been spooked. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I hold on to like a specific experience when I was a kid when like I was just watching TV yeah. um, very late at night. I used to watch uh, Hong Kong films on Omni Omni Two. Yeah. Those of you in Ontario yes. uh, represent late at night on a Saturday, and uh, the side door started the the doorknob started jiggling, and my dog got up and started barking and ran to the door and. I went out and it was like jiggling, like the uh, up to the moment I put my hand on it and I opened it and there was no one there. And I let the my dog out and she ran around the backyard in like a in a great big circle over and over again, trying to like chase something that wasn't there. Damn. And I I think about that a a bunch. Like I never felt like it was eerie. I never felt like threatened or uh, I didn't. I didn't even feel like particular emotion about it, but yeah uh, it was one of the most bizarre and I was like thirteen or something. so it wasn't like I was like a little little kid. I was like, you know yeah uh somewhat credible <laughs> yeah, yeah um
1: oh yeah. yeah you know that 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 reminds me of a of a of a more quote unquote re- real one. um this is a little about I was close close to that close to thirteen. I was maybe like maybe eleven or twelve and there was a crash I heard downstairs and this was at like two am. It woke me up. And I went to go check it out and I don't know, how, I, I was ac- I was pretty spooked because I was like, well, there's a sound. I got to go see what it was. But like I also, I also had to pee and the bathroom was down there and I was woken up as I was, you know, going downstairs and I'm like trying not to look behind myself because was the middle of the night. I'm, like, I'm still a kid. And there was a frying pan that had fallen and that was in the middle of the kitchen floor. Nobody else was awake. I don't know how it could have happened. We didn't have a cat at the time. Just a frying pan mm-hmm. found its way to the middle of the kitchen floor. Um, and like, and I was like 11 or 12, right? So like my first thought was like, poltergeist for sure. Poltergeist, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I woke my brother up and showed him and then, uh, <laughs> we just hung out. We just hung out until the morning. That's, that's, that's my closest like real, real one there. Uh, cause there was no, I, I don't know how that happened. I mean, yeah. something happened. That's amazing. I don't know what.
0: That's, that's great. That's what I was looking for, Wes. That's the juice. You gave yeah. a great philosophical yeah. answer with lots of angles, but I, I wanted spookable moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got more UFO stories and ghost <laughs> stories, but, uh, but that's, that's, that'll, that'll be for another episode. Yeah.
0: We'll find, we'll find a way into that one. The, uh, it's funny, the, the frying pan thing, like now as an adult, I've experienced so many things that are like that, like inexplicable movements of objects or sounds or whatever. And like, I've totally moved on from concerned concern with ghosts that if they're real and they're trying to get my attention they must be extremely frustrated yeah <laughs> they like yeah. show you in irre- like irrefutable proof of like a bizarre supernatural thing happening and i'm just like hey eh, ghosts ain't real <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah that's also like um i part of
1: living with a cat which are nocturnal oh, yeah. curious mischievous animals who i love is like any weird noise in my house i'm like i know exactly what caused that <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, there's no mystery. I have zero concern. It's no mystery anymore. Yeah. I, mean, I want to talk about a, a burial a little bit too, like the rituals of burial, just uh, tying into the ghost is lost thing. Cause it's like, that's an important part of solving a ghost problem is like, since a ghost is their unfinished business, you have to put them to rest somehow. And like, that's partly why we have funerals and monuments and stuff is like, we settle. We yeah. force the idea of a person who's died, or whatever, a pet, or anything really. We force it to settle. We get uh, closure, and if you don't have that, then then the ghosts persist. Yeah, and that's like the whole. That's that's what makes a ghost a ghost. Like you can't uh, give closure to like uh, like a wit or white. I think they're it's pronounced like the uh, yeah. uh, what is it. the 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 demon in uh the exorcist Pazuzu, yeah yeah does not have unfinished business his business is in the here and now to like torture this girl and torture the priests who try to get him out of there like there's no there's no nothing you can do to appease him you have to fight him directly or
1: like more recently, the 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 ghosts that you initially think is maybe a poltergeist, but it's it turns out to be more like a demon in Paranormal Activity. It just it's just a demon that's haunting a
0: family. It's just fucking with a family. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. it's
1: uh yeah, it's just this hereditary
0: curse. Yeah, that's a good example of like um, the importance of categorizing your undead and getting a priest involved. Because yeah. I remember in that movie, they're like we're being haunted, and they get like a a medium to come over, and he's immediately like you guys are screwed this is a yeah this <laughs> this is not a ghost uh i cannot deal with this i have to leave even my being here is like yeah, yeah. is uh, upsetting the thing so yeah and like lord of the moment. rings that was a good moment I, that's like one of the only moments i remember yeah. actually cuz that was that was a good twist and uh lord of the rings uh in the famously not of the movie scene the barrel whites when the hobbits yeah. are still traveling along and they haven't made it to Rivendell yet, they go to these uh, these, these tombs, basically, uh, tombs of the Dúnedain, the, uh, the the ranger people. And yeah. they're full of these barrow whites who haunt them and, and uh, almost kill the hobbits. But they aren't the Dúnedain. They aren't the uh, the like spirits of the dead who are there. They are separate evil spirits sent by the witch king. To discourage the Duna Dane from resettling the area, so they were like, they are uh, immigrants to this place, and there's no reasoning with them or putting them to rest. So a ghost not only is a mystery, but a ghost is like an emotionally charged mystery. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna jump really quickly back to the additions. Oh, yes. Because I think this kind of ties in, too. So in the third edition, so they have all, the, all that stuff. They're a template, whatever. But they it's extremely sparse on how a ghost is created. It just says, uh, Ghosts are the spectral remnants of intelligent beings who, for one reason or another, cannot rest easily in their graves. So yeah. cannot rest easily. You could interpret that in a million different ways. It doesn't have to be, like, a violent yeah. death. Um You could really make it be an unfinished business or like something impersonal like maybe a soldier who died in a petty war like rises up to haunt the general who sent him away or something like that's impersonal and it's not something that like would have affected the the person in the moment or whatever and then in second edition ghosts are explicitly evil they they Uh, are the spirits of humans who were either so greatly evil in life or whose deaths were so unusually emotional, they have been cursed with the gift of undead status. Thus they roam about at night or in places of darkness. These spirits hate goodness and hate life and they hunger to draw the living essences from the living. And seeing one makes you age 10 years and flee for a bunch of rounds. So that was from second edition from the beginning. I think it's interesting that they automatically... I mean, it makes sense. In 2nd edition, there's, like, more of a... Like, less of a narrative expectation out of creatures. Or right, Maybe that's not true. I don't know. Just the... They had a different idea that right? ghosts were, like, extremely evil, but probably not different enough from other ethereal undead. Yeah. Um So I, I said earlier that ghosts are... You can't talk about where they came from, because they just come from... The call's coming from inside the house, so to speak. But they are... Uh, uh, it became more popular in in media, in the public mind as something as like a genre onto itself um, coming out of the tail end of the uh, the Gothic period of literature, uh, which I don't think is actually a thing, but yeah. there was an era, there was a time when Gothic literature was very popular. I don't know if we organize literature uh, genre popularity the same way we do art or whatever, but anyways, we talked a little bit about it in the Flame Skull episode. You had uh, gothic tales of uh, the old, something old uh, inflicting itself on the new and being unable to move on and secrets and all these things. And then as spiritualism got more popular, which was already happening in the gothic period, but it was becoming more of a thing then more explicitly Ghost stories were uh, sort of emerged as a genre onto themselves. And I have here, I have two different explanations of what identifies a ghost story, both drawn up in the... This one is from 1929. The five key features of the English ghost story were identified in a book or an essay called Some Remarks on Ghost Stories by M.R. James. So they are the presence of truth, a pleasing terror, no gratuitous bloodshed or sex, no explanation of the machinery, and the setting is that of the writer's and reader's own day. So no uh, no period pieces. So it had to be modern. It had to be today. Yeah. Can't explain the machinery, how it works. No gratuitous bloodshed or sex because uh, let's have some propriety. A pleasing terror is funny because like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the pre- the pretense of truth. Oh, so I said the presence of truth. I meant the pretense of truth. So there you have a mystery. Yeah, yeah. So those are those are good. Uh, I mean, gratuitous bloodshed or sex—that's up to you. We're all modern people here, but uh, you can have yeah, it. Without. I do. I do. Yeah,
1: I I do like uh having the specific mechanism of how ghosts work not ever be explained oh, yeah. In, yeah. in fiction. That's which is funny that like that's how I want my fiction to be whereas in like in real life it's like, no but how? How does it work? How does it work? Like that's yeah it's funny how I like I don't want that in my fiction. I just
0: want that in real life. Well I mean I think a game is a funny like a role playing game is a funny place, especially D D because you have yeah if you draw inspiration from older editions you could have you could explain the machinery because yeah. you have people making knowledge checks all the time and if you take a page yeah, out of true. like fourth edition's book actually not even yeah not even going older but new like fourth edition it's like if you wanted to know how a ghost is made maybe there's maybe there's particular ways that you have to avoid kind of like how we talked about uh like a messy room turning into a dungeon yeah Like, maybe someone who's, like, if you murder someone, there's a 10% chance they come back as a ghost. Or if you don't bury them, if, like, a burial ritual isn't completed properly, there's, like, an X percentage chance that they will become a ghost. Yeah, totally. And that's, like, explicit and baked into the setting, which is, like, why clerics are necessary and exist.
1: Yes. No, no, I definitely, I do, I do like that stuff.
0: I just want every once in a while...
1: If there's like magic, just like, no, reality got bent. There's no explaining this. That's why it's magic.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, for sure. There is a difference there. And uh, it's a good rule. Good rule of a ghostly thumb to follow. This other other list um, of essential elements isn't as, it's more, I think this is more whimsical. So there's a author M.R. James also summed up in a different uh, place. The essential elements of a ghost story being malevolence and terror. The glare of evil faces, the stony <laughs> grin of unearthly malice, pursuing forms in darkness, and long-drawn distant screams are all in place. And so is a modicum of blood shed with deliberation and carefully husbanded. <laughs> <laughs> so he changes his mind about I like all a, of said. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those all seem very, like,
0: vibes-based. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I guess he just like thought better of it later on.
1: Yeah, no, but you gotta you gotta think about your usage of blood, though, right? Oh yeah, it's
0: gotta be yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't we? uh, We 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 could almost wrap it up. We can mention a few ghosts of media. I think are especially relevant to this because there's so many different variations you can do, and there's some great modern day examples. Yeah. What are your favorite? What are some of your favorite uh, depictions of ghosts, Chris? The first one that comes to mind is the uh, ring. Yes. or oh, Ringu. Yes. Yeah. That comes to mind right away because um, I, you know, that, that drops when I was like, I can't remember 15 or 16, maybe pretty young, impressionable, but I thought yeah. it was uh, one of the first films involving supernatural and technology that I can think of. Yeah. Like a yeah. VHS passed around spreads the, and it's like in a post, uh, Blair Witch Project world where yeah. like that look that appeared to be a tape that had some cursed stuff going on in it and this was like well what if people are circulating a tape like that but the watching of that tape curses you and I, th- I thought that was very clever and I think yeah. um, spoiler for it if you haven't seen it you you should but it's like it deals with all the things we kind of talked about it's like a tragic story there's a puzzle to solve and there's unfinished business. This, this girl has been murdered, and her body needs to be buried properly. And they, they, they discover her murder, they find her body, and they bury it, but it doesn't work. It doesn't change anything. She comes through, like, it, the, the curse continues, and they discover that the, it's not the body that's the, that's the problem. It's the the video itself. There's, like, the curse cannot yeah. end. There's no putting the curse to bed. It's whoever watched the video more most recently, in seven days they're gonna die, unless they get someone else yeah. to watch the video. Yeah. Which is like And it's got great. Yeah. It's great.
1: It's it has got that like um which what I feel is like a real cornerstone of Japanese horror is like the seeming absolute absence of hope, which is like different different than a lot of Western horror. It's like oh, yeah. there's a little like there's a way out of this. No, no, there's a solution. Well, Japanese horror is like no. No, this is a curse man. This yeah. is a curse. It's so bleak. That's, that's there's no it.
0: there's no fixing a yeah.
1: curse. You just have to put it off. Yeah. It's similar with the grudge too.
0: Right. I saw the grudge, but I don't really I don't remember yeah. it too well. Yeah. But I think that caught like the wave of interest in ring. There's another yeah. one called Dark Water which came out around the same time and it was less uh it was less murder and I think it does have a happier ending, but it's more of a mystery, yeah, more yeah. of a vibes-based mystery about a woman living in an apartment building and like weird stuff starts happening and he solves a murder and finds the body and it's the body that needs to be interred properly and i think it does work unless I'm, i might be misremembering And there's probably like a jump scare at the end yeah. that suggests that uh, it didn't work but i mean if you want to use it in a game i think you need to be uh have a clever curse so that when the thing they think is going to work doesn't work then you have like a reason why and not just like a, a uh, the desire to antagonize your character your players
1: <laughs> yeah
0: do you have a favorite ghost movie?
1: Favorite ghost movie? Um, you know I hadn't seen it in so long. I have no idea if it holds up. But one that really stuck with me is *The Others*. Do you ever see that one? Ye, yes, yes I have. Yes, that yes. is a good one. Spoilers if you've seen it. Um, but it's one of those the the people don't realize that they're the ghosts s- situations. You know, like a sixth sense type of type of deal, which is also another great ghost movie. Yes. Yes, because I do like the I guess it's like a trope of like the it's not immediately apparent to the ghost that they are a ghost, you know like whatever whatever th- things
0: would give it away are like weird little blind spots, you know, yeah, it is a trope now, but it was like yes, you know it's funny that these ghost stories have these these cycles where like one kind of slightly changes the idea and then a whole and dozen a dozen others ride as coattails. And then you yeah. change the ideas yeah. a little more slightly and then a dozen more ride its coattails in different ways. Like Sixth yeah. Sense and the others have the same sort of thrust, but are, are I think they stand uh, on their own apart. Yeah. Whereas The Grudge, I think, is like kind of a derivative.
1: Yes. 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 Um, as far as like favorite fictional ghosts, though, it gets weird, it gets into the weird territory of like, is this ghost just like a presence or, 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 or like more like an angel or a demon, or is it like an act, like a, like the spirit of a person. But like, I always think about, um, uh, the ghost of Christmas future,
0: the grim <laughs> yeah.
1: grass ghost of Christmas future. yeah. And I just like, something really stuck with me. It was like, okay, this guy is called the ghost. Of Christmas future, and it's the Grim Reaper. Like, what is going? I, I, I always loved that. I thought it was so dark and weird. And like, was that a guy that died? Is that like a weird fucked up angel? Like, what's, what's his, what's, what's the deal? Yeah,
0: and it's comf- like it's, it's interesting to call such a thing a ghost because we think of, as yeah. we've said and established in the game, ghosts are former people, but very often also like the Holy Ghost. We kind of enter. Yeah. We, we use ghosts to mean like non-people entities as well but like when do we break that convention is there a reason that we, we allow certain spirits the ghost moniker and not others is it because like although they're not former people they are sort of like a spiritual institution that kind of has a personality yeah i don't know i don't know what the answer is but that's that is also one of my favorite ghosts, just visually. I like that a ghost of Christmas is also extremely metal looking. Yeah, that, that yeah, that rules. Um, I said I, was, I had a piece of trivia about Casper. Oh yes, and this is pretty funny. In uh, the the nineteen sixty three television show Casper, which I, this I don't think this was the first appearance of Casper. Pretty sure he was a comic, but anyways, in the TV show. They try to explain it. Casper was a ghost simply because his parents were ghosts who quote got married. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, the sort of the original is the original 1945 cartoon. And in the 1995 movie, he's a little boy who died from pneumonia. It's so funny. It's so very, very typical of the fifties uh, and I guess early sixties to, uh, try to uh, get around everything and tie themselves <laughs> up into married. little knots.
1: Did it, did Casper's parents die? Were they people or is there just like a separate? No, they ecosystem. were ghosts who got married. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No one
0: died. That's great. And yeah, we could talk about more and more ghost films because there's a, if you've got a different idea for a ghost, there are, there are probably like a dozen movies about it. Okay. And looking through folklore and myth is all kinds, but I think uh, we, sh- we have done well to leave it mostly broad here. yeah, and we will You uh, know, you got your own style of ghosts you love. You all do.: Yeah. You, like that's one of the beauties of the thing is that it, it really holds up to whatever modifications you want to make as long as you hold to a few key elements. Don't skimp. That's the important part, I think, with ghosts. Yeah. Don't just uh, throw them in a random encounter table unless you have something else prepared. Something yeah, ready build, to go Hot out of up. the oven. Yeah, build up to it. Next time on Monster Manual Mash, another uh, weird little Halloween dude. The ghouls. Yeah. So that'll be good. I, lo- I, lo- I love some ghouls. Yeah, we'll try to get that out before uh, Halloween also so that we take advantage of, uh, of everyone with Halloween fever just, like, th- thirsty for monster content for one month only. I don't know. I always think that, like... For some reason everyone's like really interested only for this month in uh, this kind of thing. But that's not how uh, liking things works, I don't think. No.
1: Chris, our our people, it's Halloween year round. That's right. We know that about our people. Yeah.
0: Uh, Take our people away, Wes.
1: All right. Hey, monsters, get out of here. Go on. (laughs) Get. Get. Go on. Get out of here. Get out of here doing that thing where I'm like I'm, 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 I'm trying to get the monsters to go away uh, by like by setting them off making them think I don't want them anymore but really it's a sad goodbye but I'm trying to make it less sad by being an asshole which who, who came up with that anyways <laughs> go on monsters get out of here
0: monster manual mash is Christopher Lawson and Wes Grist edited by me Chris Lawson find me on Twitter at Chris M Lawson music by Wes aka Elias you can find more of his music on bandcamp.com slash Elias. That's numeral zero L-I-A-S. It's not a hacker thing. It's just what was available. Thanks to Sarah B. Milner for our logo. At Sarah B. Milner. Thanks to everyone listening and to everyone talking monsters on the Monster Manual Mash Facebook group, Monsters you.